0: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, welcome as we come to worship on this Pentecost Sunday. Uh, this is the birthday of the church as it's commonly called. Uh, the day whenever the ch- w- the, as Christians we recognize that the church uh, was born as the spirit fell uh, upon uh, the, the early Christians. Uh, so welcome if you've joined us in person uh, or today if you're joining us online. We bid you a warm welcome to St. Columbus de um, here in the Belsize Road. Uh, We're going to uh, open today by reading some verses of Scripture, um, which uh, are from Acts chapter 2, which kind of begin to describe what that first Pentecost Sunday uh, was like. "When When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly the sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and he addressed the crowd, "'Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, "'let me explain this to you. "'Listen carefully to what I have to say. "'These men are not drunk, as you suppose. "'It's only nine in the morning. "'No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. "'In the last days,' God says, "'I will pour out my Spirit on all people.' Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even in my servant, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood, fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be seen. That's the beauty and the truth that we come to worship in today. Let's pray as we begin. Almighty God, who on the day of Pentecost sent your Holy Spirit to the apostles with wind from heaven and tongues of flame, filling them with joy and boldness to preach the gospel by the power of the same Spirit, strengthen us to witness to your truth and to draw everyone to the fire of your love. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The promise, one of the promises, there are many, but one of the promises that we have in Jesus is the forgiveness of sins. Because of his death on a cross, taking our place, paying the penalty for our own wrongdoings, then forgiveness can freely flow to us today. And so we say together, Lord God. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done wrong in your sight we are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew our right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So may the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins, restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The psalm appointed for today is Psalm 104, and verses begin here at verse 24. We'll say this at Psalm by alternate verse. A wonderful privilege to recite God's Word together. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, fast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the thion which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Um, At Christmas time, uh, we use the word Emmanuel, which is God with us. At Easter time, we focus on the cross of Calvary, which is really about God for us as He took our place for our sin. Today, on Pentecost, it's about celebrating that God is in us. The Holy Spirit came to live amongst us and dwell within us. And we're going to hear that story of the first Pentecost uh, told to us now
1: stories of the Bible God sends the Holy Spirit these are the Apostles they followed Jesus during his time on earth before Jesus went to heaven he told them to stay in Jerusalem until God sent the gift he promised so after Jesus went to heaven the Apostles stayed in Jerusalem along with the other people who believed in Jesus One day, they were all gathered together when there was a sound from heaven like a mighty windstorm. Whoa! Then what looked like flames appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in other languages, and so they started speaking. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, they came running to see what it was.
2: What's going on?
1: When they saw the believers speaking in their own languages, they were shocked and amazed. Hey, you hear this? They wondered, how can this be? These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages about the wonderful things God has done. What can this mean? Nah, whatever. But others in the crowd didn't believe that it was really a miracle and thought the believers were just acting oddly. Then Peter stepped forward and shouted to the crowd, Hey, all you! Listen carefully, all you! He told them that they were not acting strangely, but that this was from God. He reminded them that God said this would happen long ago. Then Peter told them about how Jesus was crucified, but then raised to life again, just as God had said he would be. He told them that Jesus was now in heaven and that God had given the Holy Spirit to them as he had promised. Peter's words changed what the people thought and felt, and they asked, Brothers, what should we do? Peter told them, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wow! Peter continued to preach to the crowd for a long time, and those who believed what Peter said were baptized. 3,000 people were baptized and added to the church that day. Then all the believers listened to the apostles' teaching and practiced what they taught. Hey! They met together in fellowship, shared meals, and prayed together. They were amazed as the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Here you go. Take this. Oh, thank you. They helped those in need. Here, this is for you. Thank you. Worshiped together at the temple every day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy all while praising God and enjoying each other. And each day, God added to their fellowship those who were being saved.
0: Uh, That's a resource that we've been using in our kids' ministry uh, over the last uh, number of months as we've been online uh, with them to tell the stories uh, of the promises and the miracles and uh, the parables um, of Jesus. Uh, It's a wonderful little resource. But sometimes when we think about the Holy Spirit, we we can get caught up in lots of detail or maybe mysticism or we can get caught up in, in trying to work it all out. But actually on this Pentecost Sunday, it's about being open and available God is with us, God is for us, and God dwells within us whenever we come to him. And so it's about being open and available to what he would do amongst us. Just like those first disciples, as we saw in that little clip, they were open and available to what the Holy Spirit was doing amongst them, and so they looked out for each other, they cared for each other, and as that became an attractive place to be, then other people wanted to come and join them. Let's be open and available to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, individually and collectively as a parish today, this week, and evermore. We're going to hear God's Word uh, read to us as we continue our series in the book of Ruth. Um, This may not be a familiar face that's going to read to us um, today uh, here in the building. Um, Doris uh, joins us online every single Sunday. And if you are online or you've been online at any stage, you will see a little comment, good morning from Castle Cat. Um, and everybody maybe wonders where Castle Cat might be. Sometimes it's sunny, not very often, mostly it's raining. Uh, but uh, Doris's mum used to worship uh, amongst us. and Many of us will remember Ida Leary with fond uh, memories. Uh, and so this is Ida's daughter, Doris, who now joins us uh, each Sunday uh, online from Castle Cat, which is just outside Bushmills. My I hand over to Doris?
2: Today's reading is from the book of Ruth, chapter 4, reading verses 1 to 10. Meanwhile Boaz went up to the town gate and sat there. When the Kingsman-Redeemer he had mentioned came along, Boaz said, Come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took ten of the elders of the town and said, Sit here and they did so. Then he said to the kinsman redeemer, Naomi who has come back from Moab is selling the piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. I thought I should bring this matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me so I will know, for no one has the right to do it except you, and I am next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the land from Naomi and from Ruth the Moabitess, you acquire the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this the king's man-redeemer said, Then I cannot redeem it, because it might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. Now in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalising transactions in Israel. So the kinsman redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself. And he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Killian, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Malon's widow, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from his family or from the town records. Today, you are witnesses.
3: As we come before God's word this morning, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your word that it is so freely available to us, that we hold it in our hands this morning without fear. And so, Lord, as we come before these words, we pray that your Holy Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday would dwell freshly within us, that you would reveal to us what this passage means for us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to start by asking you a question. What does love mean? This question was asked by a group of researchers to four to six year olds, and this is what they said. Carl, age five, love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on aftershave and they go out and smell each other. Cressy, age four, love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your chips without making them give any of yours. Karen, age seven, when you love somebody your eyelashes go up and down and all these little stars come out of you. Mark, age six, love is when mummy sees daddy on the toilet and doesn't think it's gross. Rebecca, age eight, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. And finally, Jenny, age four, said there are two kinds of love, our love and God's love. But God makes both kinds of them. Ruth, is the ultimate love story. When we think of the book of Ruth, perhaps we only remember her for Boaz and Ruth and their great Hollywood love story. But here in this passage, we see that Boaz chooses love over the law of the land. If you have your Bible, even if you're at home, I want you to look at the title of this chapter and what does it say? In my Bible, it says, Boaz marries Ruth, and we think, great, there's going to be a wedding, but not as we imagined. What do you think of whenever you hear the word wedding? Perhaps you think of images like this. Perhaps you think of someone in a nice white dress, a nice meal, or you think of people exchanging rings. But perhaps you don't think of the next photo, which is really what happened in this chapter when Boaz goes to the temple gates and hands over, the man hands over his sandal to Boaz to take on Ruth and the land. You see, chapter four focuses on law. And we can ask ourselves, what was God doing in the midst of this story? Where was the real big banquet? for this love story. But the truth is, this wouldn't be included if it wasn't important, because down the line it becomes clear that God was preparing a royal line for the king of Israel. We've been looking at the book of Ruth for a couple of weeks now, and in this chapter, bitter becomes sweet, because we've seen how Ruth and Naomi have lost, how they have moved back, to their hometown, how their names have changed and they felt bitter about their circumstances. But here, bitter becomes sweet because God's plan starts to outwork. At the end of the 21st century, you may remember that there was a housing crisis. People were unable to pay their mortgages, there were job losses, and it turned out that people had actually paid more their houses than what they were now worth. And there's a story of a man uh, in America, in Los Angeles, where he had bought his apartment for $215,000. And he reckoned now he discovered that the same apartments within his area that were identical were now only going for £90,000. He was still paying off this mortgage of 215,000. He was better off walking away and renting a nicer home. He had an ethical dilemma, but he made a commitment. He made a commitment to pay this mortgage. And so he kept the house. This is the King's man's dilemma. I want you to think of any long-running TV series or film franchise, perhaps EastEnders or James Bond, for example. Imagine you are a lifelong fan. You'll know all the characters, remember most of the key events, be able to recite some of the lines. Do you expect me to talk, says Bond? No, Mr Bond, replies Goldfinger. I expect you to die. Now, when you watch the next series, you take all of that knowledge with you. You can see how each episode relates to the previous and how it's making way for the next episode. You can instantly spot the changes and the inconsistencies. And often, the better you know the overall franchise, the richer your experience is with your expression of it. It's similar whenever we come to the Old Testament stories, the better we know the Old Testament, the richer our reading becomes. And this is precisely because the Old Testament stories create connections, not only between Old Testament and New Testament, but within the Old Testament, it all just seems to connect, to link together. So when we're reading Bible stories, it's helpful to listen out to the echoes of elsewhere within the Bible. And you see this chapter of Ruth, chapter four, this echoes something in Leviticus. If you have your Bible uh, with you, do turn to Leviticus 25. It's starting at verse 25, where this is all about having the laws of the land and what happened when somebody died and what happened to their land. It says in verse 25, if one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property, their nearest relative is to come and redeem what they have sold. If, however, no one is to redeem it for them, but later on they prosper and acquire sufficient means to redeem it themselves, they are determined the value for the years since they sold it and refund the balance to the one whom they sold it. They can then go back to their own property, but if they do not acquire the means to repay, What was sold will remain in the possession of the buyer until the year of the Jubilee. It will be returned in the Jubilee and then they can go back to their own property. It wasn't the law that Boaz would take this land. It was the Kingsman Redeemer that was meant to take this land. But you see, there's no lawyers, there's no solicitors that are going to sort this out. It was all sorted at the city gates with the elders inside the plaza. So Boaz goes to the town gates. He gathers the 10 elders around him. And all of a sudden, whenever he is there, the King's Man Redeemer just happens to be there. Now we can think that this is a coincidence, but perhaps it's a part of God's plan. You see, Boaz wants to be the King's Man Redeemer. But he isn't legally, but he's not going to let this law in Leviticus get in the way of his deep love for Ruth. If there was a movie for this chapter, I think it would be called The Man With No Name. Because in the story, we hear of this king's man redeemer, but we never find out his name. In a book of the Bible where names are so vitally important, we never actually find out the name of the king's man-redeemer. So Boaz agrees to talk about the purchase of this property. Now as we get to the end of this chapter, we're starting to think that this movie has a disappointing ending, that that's not how it's meant to work out, that's not how it's meant to happen. Because the king's man redeemer agrees to take on this land, but he hasn't read the terms and conditions. There's a catch, because it isn't just the property that he has to take, it's a wife as well, it's Ruth. It's a different kind of proposition for the king's man redeemer. He isn't only required to buy the land if he just bought the land, then it would have an asset. But if he took the wife and they had a son and a child, they would inherit the land, meaning that it's of no economic benefit to this king's man redeemer. And this king's man redeemer didn't want to jeopardize his name. He tells Boaz, okay, I'm not interested anymore. But you see, Boaz isn't interested in profit and loss. The only thing that Boaz is interested in is love. There's a bit of a paradox here, isn't there? Because the one who is concerned about image and the family name isn't remembered. But the one who is selfless, who is concerned about the needs of others, he is remembered. He is remembered for his kindness. Names are only remembered when our sole aim is to make God's name great. As John the Baptist prays, he must become greater, I must become less. You see, Ruth is one of the earliest Gentiles to embrace the God of Israel. She is a picture of every believer. This book reminds us of Jesus. For if the church is like Ruth, Boaz is like Christ. He is the redeemer. Christ is our redeemer. This whole Bible, in a sense, is a story of romance, finishing with the wedding supper of the Lamb in Revelation. The Ruth and Boaz romance is the perfect picture of Christ and his Gentile bride. Ruth had experienced a miraculous chain of events in her life. Things hadn't been easy for her. You see, not too long ago, she was in Moab, a widow without hope, without a future, unaware of what lay ahead. But she made the decision to follow Naomi to Bethlehem. This would turn out to be the most important decision of her life. God was working behind the scenes in her life. She couldn't see it, but he was still there working and he led her to the field of Boaz. I don't know where you are. Maybe your life isn't going the way that you have planned right now. But just like Ruth, God is working behind the scenes. You see, Ruth chapter one opens with three funerals, and as we near the end, it closes with a wedding. In chapter one, there is a great deal of weeping, but chapter four ends with this overflowing joy that actually God's plans are better, God's plans are higher, things have worked out. It reminds us of psalm 30 verse 5 when it says weeping manger in the night but joy comes in the morning i wonder if ruth ever imagined that she would get to that stage that she would be in a stage of overflowing joy of hope of actually seeing a future because when her husband died she probably thought she would just weep for the rest of her life But as God says, weeping may endure in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Not all of life's stories have a happy ending, but this little book in the Old Testament, this powerful little book reminds us that God still writes the end chapter and we don't have to be afraid of the future. So whatever we are feeling today, whether we are feeling nervous about restrictions relaxing, whether we're unsure of certain circumstances of our lives, let's remind ourselves that God writes the end chapter. The same God in the book of Ruth that transformed her life that brought her overflowing joy also plans our every steps. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you see everything in our lives. And wherever we are right now, we thank you that you meet us in that moment. That although we weep, that joy will come in the morning just as you promised. So Father, help us to trust you with our whole lives. We give you thanks For your love and for our ability to love and as we read this story of Ruth and Boaz we pray that you would equip us to go out into the world to love others in Jesus name Amen.
0: (coughs) Thank you Sarah, um wonderful challenge in there, isn't there, that God writes the final ending. Uh, He steps and organizes our plans and our steps. Um, And on this Pentecost Sunday, we remember that because of his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and the coming of the Spirit, we can sit in the throne room of heaven through our prayers. So let us pray. Father God, thank you that... You have opened the way for each one of us. That your eternal plans are being worked out in this very moment. Lord, we thank you that you write the end chapter. Lord, forgive us whenever we have failed to lean in and to trust you with all of our heart and soul and mind. Forgive us for those times whenever we have tried to step in our own strength, in our own will, and with our own plans. With an unwillingness to yield to you, to surrender to the one who Knew us before the dawn of time. The one who looks at us and believes that, knows that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That all of our days were ordained before one of them came to be. You're the one who knows the very hairs on our head. Who can count the grains of sands on a beach. To help us today, Lord, to lean in to that expansive nature of who you are and of what you have done for us. To trust you with our whole heart, mind and soul. And so in this moment, we lay our hearts bare before you. We bring to you those issues, those concerns that are burdens that we carry and we seek your hand upon them, your presence within them. for those who are in hospital, uh, ill at home or in hospital uh, at this moment. We pray especially today for Sally. That your presence would be with them. Lord, for those uh, amongst us who are awaiting news from a doctor or from test results, for those who have received those results and for whom the days in the near future and in the weeks ahead are not what they would have planned. Now we pray for your presence, your strength, and your grace in their lives and the lives of those around them. And today we pray for those who grieve, whether that grief is raw or whether the memories of that grief happened a a long time ago but still feel very raw or true today. Lord, we pray for your grace and for your peace into those situations. into the uncertainty of the world around us. As restrictions begin to ease and to lift, we continue to pray for the key workers in our NHS uh, and in many other businesses who have, uh, the phrase that's been used, Lord, is keep our country going, but those who have stepped out and stepped up. But Lord, we pray for them. We also pray for ourselves as restrictions lift and ease, give us wisdom in what we do and when we do it. For us as a parish, if when we begin to restart and redo things again. Lord, give us grace and give us wisdom in those decisions, we pray. And we thank you today that you are our Redeemer. The one who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, seek, or would even dare to imagine the one who brings joy in the morning after a dark night. And so, Lord, we pray for our community. We call to mind the street that we walk on, we buy our milk on, we walk our dogs on, we go to work on, we live on. And we pray for those people, those faces, those individuals, those lives, those relationships that we know. The grace and mercy would fall upon them This morning whether we are sitting here in person in this building or we are at home or wherever we might be we pray for the person to our left or to our right for the house to our left or to our right We may not know the issues or the needs of those individuals but we pray simply that your presence would be with them trusting in the promise that where your presence is The fullness of your measure dwells. And where the fullness of your measure dwells, when we are open and available, there will be nothing lacking to us or for us. And so we cry out together, Our Father, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 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 We only stand um, together if you're here in person as we recite uh, our creed for today. Let's stand. We believe. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with His love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. A few very quick announcements as we draw to a close today. We're still looking out for people to join our uh, AV team, our audio-visual team, so full training will be given. Um, Don't think it's a scary place to be. Uh, Some of the people might be scary, but they're not, no, they're not really. Um, It does look scary. We see all the buttons and all the lights and all the stuff, but it's not really. Um, So we've uh, we've had some people come and join it, but we need some more um, to do that. So full training will be given, so please do speak to myself uh, or one of the team, and we'll get you sorted with that. Small step Service uh, continues on a Tuesday morning at ten o'clock. That's a said service uh, of morning prayer, uh, and that's open uh, for anybody to come along too. Um, over the last number of weeks, you'll have heard us uh, talking about more about this Communicating Clearly project, which is about the installation of our audiovisual uh, equipment here in church, uh, and also as we partner with SAMS uh, to provide audiovisual equipment for them. Uh, in the nation of Chile um, as they begin a media department uh, to train future church leaders and church planters across Chile and indeed in other South American countries. Um, We're raising some funds for that uh, in the month of June. We're going to walk. um, Can you sign up uh, to walk in June? Now, the nation of Chile is 2,653 miles long, right? As I said the day that Stephen was here, if I was to walk all of them myself, that was 88 miles in a day. Even my wee legs couldn't go that far, uh, I don't think. So we asked people to pledge if they could walk a mile uh, or two miles, in the concept, or three miles or four miles or whatever, the concept is that we would commit to do uh, those number of miles each day or or across the week or whatever, uh, and we would do it in the streets around us in one sense, that we would uh, make an effort to do it, that we would put up for the month of June uh, to do that. Uh, we walk uh, we can put you along with somebody else if you don't want to walk on your own we can try to hook you in with somebody else uh, who's doing it uh, as well and we can walk and pray Uh, that helps us in our health it helps us in our mental health uh, as we raise money for this project as well now i said whenever steve was here don't leave me to do the 88 miles on my own so far we have approximately 64 miles a day pledged. so we do the maths there's another 24 to pledge all right before we get to june so if you think you can do a mile or two miles or three miles a day sign the sheet on the way out the door uh, there's a link on our website uh, for a google form to sign up to uh, as well we'll give you more information this coming week about what uh, is necessary for that um, and how you can then encourage people to sponsor you uh, in that to raise money but if you sign up we'll get you that information this week before the the month of june uh, begins so please do commit that uh, to prayer uh, and the challenge uh, to sign up to that um, as well a couple of other things very quickly just before uh, we finish up today as a prayed restrictions are beginning to ease and um, select so like Festry and the small group designated from them will be looking at how we begin to open up our buildings for other organizations uh, and not just for church services uh, if you like uh, and so keep your ears to the ground of when things are beginning uh, again and the last one today please keep in mind in your thoughts and in your prayers uh, a couple called Kira and Sven um Kira and Sven have live abroad uh, but they worship with us here uh, whenever they're uh, back here in Northern Ireland they're getting married on Friday uh, so please um, keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers uh, as restrictions have been tight uh, weddings have been one of those things that have been knocked about a wee bit uh, and there's been lots of conversations and details had to be changed uh, over a number of months for them so please do uh, keep them in your thoughts and prayers for this um, coming Friday we conclude today with some words uh, from the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And so may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.